Welcome. This is week number one of our series uh, that we're calling Made for Mondays. Real excited about this, but before we jump in, I want to give a big shout out to our Poughkeepsie campus family uh, that are gathering there in Regal Cinemas. Also online campus. We have several hundred people, devices really is more accurate, uh, every single week that log in and watch our uh, services and our online campus. It's probably well over 300 people every single week, but over you know a couple hundred devices and so welcome so much before I jump into the message though uh, I want to mention about our walk for freedom uh, that's going to be coming up October the 20th walk for freedom you can get a cool t-shirt like this of course you can buy that uh, at the walk for freedom we're real excited about this this walk for freedom sponsored by a21 Uh, is actually taking place in 50 different countries on October the 20th, 450 different cities, and Poughkeepsie is one of them. Uh, This is not necessarily a valley thing. This is a Jesus thing. This is a justice thing. And and my wife Susie is actually the local director that actually made all this happen. So we're partnering together with people, local government officials are going to be there, Uh, radio, news coverage, and and I want to encourage you, Valley family, to sign up for that. Uh, It's Saturday, October the 20th at 10 a.m. It starts. We're going to have a police escort. It's at Poughkeepsie City Hall, and, and you can sign up. The best way to sign up really is through our Valley Christian Church website or uh, right at the end of this service, go out to the information table, sign up, uh, because we need you to register. Everyone has to be registered. It's absolutely free. Fundraising is optional. It's actually kind of late in the game to do that, but, but we want you to be there, encourage you to be there to be a voice for the voiceless, really. And so that's why myself and the rest of the staff uh, this weekend, we're wearing uh, our Walk for Freedom t-shirts. And, and uh, uh, if you don't have a t-shirt you know, that says abolish slavery with every step, uh, they just encourage you to wear black. And, and we'll gather really about 8.30. And at 10 o'clock uh, will be the actual start. It's a silent march. Again, police escort, uh, single file, just like you see in this picture here. And uh, every 30 seconds, someone becomes a slave. There are more people in slavery today around the world than at any other time in human history. And, and we need to be a voice for the voiceless. We can't remain silent any longer. So uh, it, it won't be that long, even hour or so, the whole walk. Uh, but but encourage you to sign up today. That's coming up Saturday, October the 20th. Uh, we just got some real big events coming up in October. Another one that I'll be sharing with you in a little bit has more to do with the series that we're covering. Uh, but I encourage you to participate in this. Even your young people, uh, a great opportunity as well because there's so many, again, young people that are caught in slave uh, slavery, sex trafficking, uh, forced labor, all these things. And, and so do it as a family. All my family is going to be there. Uh, last year, actually, uh, my daughter, Sophia, organized Walk for Freedom in Lynchburg, Virginia, and that really tugged on the heartstrings of her mama, my wife Susie, and, and, and so she's the director, and we're real excited to have a great representation, not just from churches in our community, but just people even that just care about the cause of justice and freedom. So Walk for Freedom, uh, please sign up. Well, we are kicking off this brand new series and uh, called Made for Mondays, and in fact, uh, We've got a few little cool mugs here. Uh, Look at that. Isn't that sharp? So that's what I'm drinking out of today. 
my Made for Monday uh, mug. In fact, these are limited uh, availability. We have about 300 of these. Uh, we're asking for a suggested donation of $5. That just covers the cost. But, but I encourage you, pick up one of these. They're going to run out pretty fast, actually, and bring it to work with you. Bring it to work with you and let it just be a conversation starter. You know, everyone normally on Monday is like, oh no, here comes Monday. I like to say I'm made for Mondays because I have Mondays off. <laughs> but, but anyway, that's just me. But uh, uh, most people, you know, when they go to work Monday, it's dragging and all. Can you imagine the conversation starter if you're just sitting there drinking coffee? Maybe your maybe your boss buy you know uh, get a few of these again suggested donation of five dollars made for Monday let it be a conversation starter what do you mean you're made for Monday I'm like oh yeah that's a cool series that they're doing at my church you want to come with me and, and and let it be a conversation starter about purpose and destiny and God's design as we're going to learn in this series made for Mondays so we have as I said three hundred of those when we run out we run out and they're going to go fast so. Um, uh, encourage you to pick up one of those. But Made for Monday, what we're going to be talking about in this series, I want to give you kind of an overview. If you have your Valley app, you want to go ahead and open that up because we're going to be looking at some key scriptures that are really going to impact your life Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, and not just on Sunday. And, and so uh, what we're going to be look, talking about is what God wants to do in the marketplace, what he wants to do in the schools, what he wants to do in your home, what he wants to do in your neighborhood. And, and here's the whole thing. You know, just like this mug is a little kind of, a little better than a cardboard uh, little card to invite people, but it's a conversation starter. And, and basically what Made for Monday is all about is this. My faith is active, it's the centerpiece of my life, and by just even drinking out of that mug Monday through Friday, you're saying, Jesus is the center of it. Jesus is just concerned about my life Monday through Friday, what I do, what I do in the workplace, uh, what I do in my neighborhood, as he is for an hour, hour and a half uh, on a Sunday morning. And so in this series, we're going to talk about some big topics like the difference between uh, sacred and secular. We're going to cover that today. Uh, business ethics, uh, what to do when you hate your job. Uh, I think some of us are going to make sure we don't miss that one. Uh, idolizing work when work becomes idolatry uh, and, and seeing your work as a mission field. Some of these topics that we're going to be covering uh, in this series. And I know what the pushback, you know, kind of is and that is, well, you know, you're a pastor, Greg. I mean, what do you know, really, uh, about the workplace uh, outside of church? You know, what advice are you going to be able to give me? Well, well here's the thing. Uh, I'm not just a pastor, and I haven't been just a pastor all my life. Uh, many of you know, for, for 12 years, I, I was a paid coach, Wappinger Central School District. I always get a little retirement plan thing there, because I was a paid coach for Wappinger Central School District. Uh, there, there's, I, I think I'm going to get like a dollar a month in retirement or something like that uh, yeah, as a result of that. But uh, uh, I'm also the president and CEO of two other organizations, not just the president of the Valley Christian Church of Hopewell Junction Inc., uh, but, but also Greg Williamson Ministries. I travel a good bit uh, as an adjunct professor. I used to do it a lot uh, for Christian Life School of Theology, and I get royalties uh, on, on the two courses that I wrote there that are taken literally all over the world. I, I get uh, you know, compensation for that on a regular basis, and, and also uh, Connexus Leadership Network, and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that. We have our big conference coming up that's all about really what we're talking about in this series, and that Connexus Conference is coming 
coming up uh, at just the end of this month. So I have a little bit of an idea, but here's the thing. Even in that Connexus conference, we're bringing in some ringers uh, that really know what they're talking about when it comes to made for Monday, doing business God's way. I'll, I'll mention that a little bit more in detail in just a minute. Uh, but for the sake of our, this introductory message, I think it's important to state from the beginning, God has a ministry for you on Mondays. God has a ministry for you on Mondays. And, and, and maybe it'd be good, just, just turn to the person sitting next to you. You know, in church we call that a neighbor. It's just the person sitting next to you is what it is. Turn to the person sitting next to you, even if you're watching this at home with your feet up on the coffee table and you're sitting on the couch. Turn to the person next to you or turn to the dog and, and just tell them, I'm going to make Monday a masterpiece. Go ahead and say that. I'm going to make Monday a masterpiece. That's what God wants for me. That's what God wants for you. God has a ministry for you on Mondays. Think about it. A majority of your time in life, every one of us, a majority of our time is taken up by two things, sleep and work. Sleep and work takes up the majority of our time. And so you're called to make a difference in the marketplace at work. You're called to make a difference in the school if you're a student or if you're a teacher. You're called to make a difference. You're called to make a difference in your neighborhood, in those encounters with your neighbors. I'm praying in this series that you'll really realize that, there's, that faith and work go hand in hand. And there's really a movement that's happening globally right now, even as we speak, uh, about this, this, it's this realization that, you know what, I was made for this. That, that God is just as concerned about my Monday through Friday, my work week, as he is on my Sunday for an hour and a half or so. You know, I remember in the 80s, uh, there's that group, Lover Boy, and uh, they sang that song, and you may not know this, Lover Boy is the name of the group, but the song, Everybody's Working for the Weekend. You know, it's like, I was made for Fridays and Saturdays, dude. Yeah, but also every other day of the week. God is, is concerned. God created you on purpose for a purpose, and that is while you're at work as well. And so uh, I'm just praying that we'll realize that and we'll just jump on. I, I believe Valley Family, jump on board to this movement that's beginning to sweep the world, really, of Christians recognizing, you know, I was made for more than just Sunday morning. I was made for the work week as well. This is what I think Jesus was really talking about when he said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, you are the salt, you are like salt for everyone on earth. Notice he didn't say just for the Christians in church. He said, you're salt for everyone on earth. You're to have influence everywhere you go. As we sometimes say, every sphere of influence God's given you. You are like salt for everyone on earth. Not just those in the church, but those outside of the church as well. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, uh, Jesus said, let your light shine so that Others will see the good that you do, not talking to talk, but walking the walk in the marketplace. That others will see the good that you do and will praise your Father in heaven. He's talking about those that don't know your Father in heaven. They will see your life, the light of your life. Not, not in church, but in the workplace, in, in the schoolhouse, in the neighborhood. They'll see your good works, and they will give praise to your Father who is in heaven. 
I, I heard recently, and, and maybe I get it, maybe I misunderstood, but I heard recently, uh, listening to a podcast, and a pastor said, you know, if you want to get close to, God, to Jesus, you got to be where Jesus is. Jesus is in the church. I just wonder if that guy ever read a book in his life like the Bible. Almost every single miracle that Jesus performed was not in the church or the temple. It was in, outside the walls of the church, outside the temple. Almost every single miracle that's recorded in the book of Acts, none of it took place in the church. It took place in the marketplace. God is active everywhere, not just in the walls of a place we dedicate a space and call that a church. Jesus is active everywhere. And so he says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Let your light shine so that others will see the good that you do and will praise your Father in heaven. Maybe it starts with just a little mug on a Monday that kind of clues them in. There's something different about her. There's something different about him. What do you mean you're made for Mondays? Because I understand I was made on purpose for a purpose, for more than just an hour on a Sunday or for Sunday mornings. This is why really we, we have this Connexus conference coming up October the 26th and, and the 27th, and, and uh, I'd really be missing an opportunity to explain this to the whole church family that, that's watching right now. In 2015, uh, I, I became the president of a network uh, of Christian ministers, really, uh, of pastors and Christian leaders in churches. And uh, uh, it, it, my, my spiritual papa, one of my spiritual daddies, uh, Dr. Ron Cottle, uh, transitioned that to me, and uh, I was his successor. And, and I immediately felt like, you know, there's a lot of networks, ministerial organizations like this. I'm part of probably three or four. Uh, and, and, and it just fell in my heart, you know what? There's something more that God wants to do than just in the church. He wants to empower Christians in the marketplace as leaders as well. And so that's when we changed the whole approach to, and we called it Connexus Leadership Network. It's empowering Christian leaders in every segment of society and culture to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life right where you are. It's not just about the church. The church is one of those spheres. But it's about marketplace, it's about entertainment, it's about uh, government, it's about uh, you know, education sphere, all these different places. And, and so this coming up, Connexus Conference, October 26th and 27th, right here. We have network members now Moldova, Cayman Islands coming in to visit with us, uh, Canada. It's really become an international thing in just a little over three years. And, and I was recently talking to a friend of mine in Pensacola, Florida, and, uh, and, and he was looking. He was like, man, I wish I could make it up there. I got some other stuff going on. He said, but how, let me ask you a question, Greg. How in the world did you get this group of speakers to come to your church? And it's because I know some folks. And, and uh, they're all coming on the 26th and 27th. Check out our lineup. It's absolutely mind-blowing. These are multi-multi-millionaires that have built businesses from the ground up using biblical principles. Biblical principles. And so the whole emphasis of this particular conference this year is doing business God's way. Biblical ethics. How to build a business for the glory of God. And, and most of them are actually paying their own way to come uh, because you know one, one's almost a billionaire. I'm not going to tell you which one. But, but these folks know what they're talking about, all about, and I think every single one of them would agree, they are made for Mondays. 
They're made for Mondays. And, and so we, we're, I'm encourage you and do what you got to do to get here. Friday night on the 26th is absolutely free. We do need you to register, though, because we're going to have a big old fun after party after the meeting on October the 26th, and, and we need to know how many to prepare for, uh, for the food. But it's absolutely free on Friday night. And then right now, you can register for all day Saturday. That's $100. And even as I was talking to this friend of mine, on the phone, he's like, you know, just, just to listen to one of those people speak one time, that normally costs like 500 bucks, and we've got like six speakers coming in. It's going to be incredibly powerful uh, and empowering, and, and that number goes up, that cost goes up to $150 the week of the conference, but you can still get that early bird uh, special for 100 bucks. and again, this is covering the cost uh, to put something like this on, and, and so connects this leadership network. It's a passion of mine. Uh, and this is what I see myself doing, you know, till Jesus comes back. One day I'll step out of the day-to-day in about 10 years from now uh, of the church. But this is what Susie and I, this is our passion uh, until we take our less last breath when Jesus calls us home. So I want to invite you to join uh, the Connexus conference that's coming up. Think about it for just a minute. If we could just go back to that last slide uh, where, where Jesus says, you're the light, let your light shine so that others will see your good deeds that you do and will praise your Father in heaven. Think about it for just a minute. Most people, the average work week is 40 to 60 hours a week. That's where we need to let our light shine. 40 to 60 hours a week. Most of the people that you work with, the, the fact about the matter is they don't go to church and they're not interested in Christ at all. They're not interested in church most people that are in churches won't invite someone. The average in America is, in, in people that in church, only 2% would actually invite someone to attend church service with them. I'm glad it's a lot higher than that. Most of the people that are listening to me right now, someone invited you to Valley at some point. And, and, but the statistic is less than 2% of Christians will ever invite someone to church. And I'm glad that's not the case here at Valley. But I am, it's not 100%, and I'm praying it would be 100%. Because when we discover, we come into a, a, a saving, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ, that's when we realize I was made on purpose for a purpose. And that's where we find ultimate fulfillment in this life. In fact, look at this statistic. It's absolutely alarming. 82% of unchurched people say that they would attend a church service if they were just invited. 82%. And, and, and yet we're timid, we're afraid. And, and so maybe the mug is the first time that you can begin to kind of crack that nut, crack the ice. Made for Mondays, what's that all about? Hey, you want to come to my, my church? Come with me to a church service valley. 82% of unchurched say that they would attend a church service if they were just invited. Here's what I believe. I believe people are more ready than we realize. They're more ready than we realize. That's, that's why this series is so important, Made for Monday. Because Jesus made it clear at one point in the Gospels, he said the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. The harvest is ready. But the workers are few. Pray that there's more workers for the harvest. So God has a ministry for you on Monday. Here's the second big point I think is important. You're called to work. You and I are called to work. Work is good. God is all about work. The Bible starts out with God at work, and he's still working today. 
Look at what it says, Genesis chapter one, verse one. The first verse in the Bible is about God working. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, what was God doing? He was working. Creativity is work. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Oh, by the way, time out here. In case any of you ever wonder if there are sports in the Bible, absolutely, there's no question about it. Uh, There's baseball in the Bible. See right here, in the big inning. In the big inning. That's just a joke. Sorry, it's like a Bible college thing. Couldn't resist. But anyway, God was working here. In the beginning, God created. God created in six days. He worked, Genesis account tells us. And on the seventh day, he rested from his work, setting a pattern for you and for me. Not not five days of work. Six days of work is the biblical pattern. God worked. Not only that, and we find all throughout creation, uh, but, but also fast forward in the New Testament, look at what Jesus says. In John chapter five, verse 17, uh, they, they were talking about Jesus doing some things, doing miracles on the Sabbath, which was the seventh day, supposed to be a day of rest. And look at what it says. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work. He's always doing good. It's always the right time to do good. He says, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Work is not a bad word. Before there was sin, before the fall, there was work. God worked. Jesus is working. He was working, and he's working today, and he's working right now, and he's also working during your work week, and my work week as well. It's not like he's... He's just, oh man, I wish I could get outside the walls of this church, but I'm stuck here until people come and visit me. That is not the New Testament, folks. That is, that is Old Testament stuff. That is not the world we live in. That is not the biblical perspective at all. Not at all. He's always working. Oh, and by the way, he wasn't standing in the temple when he said this. He was outside of it. He works in the church, and he works outside the church as well in your work week and in my week work week and you're called you and i are called to work god loves work and as i said work was created before the fall look at genesis chapter 2 verse 15 before sin entered into humanity because of the 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 sin when adam and eve gave into the temptation to take the forbidden fruit look at what the bible says genesis 2 15 the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden To do what? Just sit around and eat bananas all day? No. To work it and to take care of it. Before there was sin, there was work. Guess what eternity is going to be like? Work. It's not going to have the same impact on us physically, emotionally, and spiritually as it does now. That was part of the curse that, that, that God said to Adam by the sweat of your brow, you'll work. Oh, thorns and thistles are all you're going to produce. He's like, work's going to be much, much harder. But there's going to be responsibilities and work to do. He put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Your work and your worship is what separates you from animals. Think about it for just a minute. Name one invention an animal ever had. What, what has an animal ever invented at all? Nothing, nothing at all. It's not to say they're meaningless, but that's what separates us. Our work, our ability to create, to invent, to, to uh, 
progress, to be creative. These are all the ways that we reflect the very image of God himself. So I think it's just important you thank God for the job you have right now. We'll talk about what do you do when you hate your work. That's coming in the weeks ahead. But thank God for the job you have right now. God wants you to make a difference right now, right where you are. God wants you to lift the environment that you work in right where you are right now. There is no such thing in in the mind of a Christian. There's really no such thing when we have the proper mindset of a dead-end job for a Christian. No such thing. Because God has placed you where you are for a purpose. He's placed me where I am for a purpose. I felt this so strongly. And could I put it this way? I I hope this doesn't scare anybody or (laughs) like shock them. But there were times I felt more of God's presence on the football field as a coach at practice than I did in a lot of church services that I attend. Because it was God had me there for a purpose. God had me there for a purpose. And so... Look at what Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, to 12, uh, 11 through 13 actually says. It, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. These are all like in, in the church. We see these kind of things. For what reason? To equip his people for what? For works of service. And so, sure, that means on our dream team, you, you know, our volunteer uh, uh, groups here at, at Valley, uh, our serve groups. But, but it means more than just that as well. That, that the reason that he gave these the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to equip God's people for the work of service, for work of ministry. And, and this is how we know that there's no longer a need for these, these coaches, if you will. This is like the coaching staff, the way I like to look at it. This is how you know, because this is the end result. This is why, to equip God's people for works of service, and this is how we'll know mission accomplished. This is what it'll look like. So that the body of Christ may be built up, goes on and says, until we reach unity in the faith, have we gotten there yet? No way. We're not even close. That's why there's more work to be done. Until we all reach unity of faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, is every Christian mature? Absolutely not. There's more work to do. There's more work to do. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We've got a job to do. We've been, we've been called. You're called to work. It's so critically important, and you know what, just even this past week, uh, Susie and I went uh, to, to visit a member of the church that was facing some serious surgery, and uh, uh, as we walked in, you know who we found? We, her community group leader was there. And I was like, that is just so beautiful. Not, doesn't draw a salary from the church or anything like that, just someone who's been equipped for works of service. Not on just on Sunday. But that, that, that was an afternoon, work week, afternoon. Just, just doing the work of the ministry right there. That, that's what this is talking about. Not inside the walls of the church. God's doing stuff outside the walls. Jesus Christ is working 24-7, 365, all around the world. He is not stuck in our buildings. Don't, 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 don't pin him down like that. We're called to work. He, he's with you at work. He's with you at work. 
Look at what Romans chapter 12 says, verses 1 through 2. It says, so here's what I want you to do. I love this, the message translation. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, that is your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Some of us need to embrace our work. And thank God for the work that he's given to us, the jobs that we have. And allow him to fill that full of meaning and purpose in our life. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. When, 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 when I go into a, a church to teach for, for Christian Life School of Theology, when, when I was a, a football coach, I want to do that for the glory of God, worship to Him. In fact, I put the post up um, on Facebook and Instagram, my, my profiles. This past week, the head coach of John Jay uh, contacted me and a couple of other alumni and said, listen, we're playing Ketchum, that's a big rivalry game. Could you write some, some meaningful you know, encouragement to the team that they can read before the game? I, I, I played at John Jay 32 years ago. 32 years later, hey, Greg, I want to give you an opportunity for some input here. And, and before I wrote that, I, I just prayed, God, let me just give you glory in this. And, and it doesn't mean I preached at him. I, I didn't say Jesus or God or, you know, turn or burn or anything like that. I just, just positive encouragement and affirmation. Just, just make this night special in this football game because you'll remember it the rest of your life just influence for God's glory. Just taking everyday ordinary life, sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, place it before God as an offering. God, I want you to just be glorified in what I say here and what I do here. Help me, Lord, to use the words that you want me to speak to encourage these young players. See, each of us is called to use the talents and abilities that God's given to us for God's glory at work. And, and if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a school teacher, if you're a corrections officer, uh, if you're in the military, if you're an engineer, if you're an architect, if, if you work at Target, whatever it is, God wants to receive the glory as you walk into Target as an employee. That you do your job in a way that glorifies him, that, that shows the light of Jesus Christ through your actions, that people would say, there's something different about you. What is it? Well, you know what it is? <laughs> I was made for Mondays. That's what it is. I was made for Mondays. See, here's the thing. It's so important. Your vocation is your ministry. Your vocation is your ministry. Your job is your ministry. This word vocation is pretty interesting. Listen to the definition of vocation. This is crazy. You can Google this. The definition of vocation is this. Vocation is from a Latin word vocatio, which means a call or a summons. Your job is your call. It means a call or a summons by an authority. It's an occupation to which a person is specially drawn or for which they, have, they are suited, trained, or qualified. 
Though now it's often used in non-religious contexts, is what Google says, the meaning of the term originated in Christianity. Vocation. Your vocation is your ministry. The job that God's given to you right now is your ministry. This is why Jesus said he who is faithful in little will be given much. He who is faithful in little. Whenever I think about that, I think about scooping ice cream at Friendly's for three years uh, in high school and college. And I, had, I, I, I knew enough, I was a Christian, a young man, I was a Christian, and I knew if I'm faithful here, God will trust me with more. God will trust me with more. Your vocation is your ministry. So very important that we just let that sink into us. The work that God calls a man or a woman to do is their ministry. Your vocation is your ministry. Uh, let me put it this way. Uh, That's why it's so important that we put in a good day's work. It doesn't matter what it is. No job is insignificant. I, I know Christians just turn up their nose at job opportunities. They're like, no, I'm better than that. Really? Really? Unemployed is better than an honest day's work? No, not at all. Absolutely not. Your vocation is your ministry. It's so interesting. I'm not going to take time to look at it right now, but just write this down. Exodus 31, there's two guys that are mentioned there in Exodus 31, uh, and no one names their kids these names. Uh, his name was, uh, one of the guys was Bizilel, Bizilel, and the other one was Ohiliab. I, I don't hear anyone, uh, come here, Ohiliab. Come here, Bizilel. You know, it's just not even middle names. No one wants to give these the middle name. My middle name's Shane. <laughs> like Seamus in Irish, Shane, Gregory Shane. Uh, don't, don't call me that. I, I don't even know why I, I offered that up to you just to taunt me with. But anyway, Bezalel and Ohiliab, the Bible says, Exodus chapter 31, this is so, so important. Exodus 31, that they were called by God and given special creative, watch this now, and construction skills, construction ability by God. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy if we think the only important stuff is the church stuff. That's crazy. But that's not the clear teachings of Scripture. That, that even when it was time for the temple to be built that, that, and, and the tabernacle, that, that God gave special creative ability and skills to people, construction skills. So if you're in construction, honor God with your job because your vocation is your ministry. God's placed you there. Here's the, the, the final thing I think is so important. You are a minister. If your vocation is your ministry, you are a minister. You're a minister. And, and so what that means is this. <laughs> because you're a minister on your job, stop having rules for me that you yourself don't follow. Because there, there's no like, these are rules for clergy, and, and this is rules, different standard for people that aren't clergy, laity. You can't find those two words in the Bible anywhere. Every follower of Christ is called to be holy. Every follower of Christ is, is, is called to allow the Holy Spirit to transform their life. Every one of us. You are a minister. And, and you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, 
Even when we were on our last trip in Germany, uh, I, I met a woman there uh, in one of the churches there in, in the Munich area, and she's an executive in finance with BMW. And we never would have known. She invited us into her home, and we actually did. It was in her home, her and her husband's home, and we met her kids and all. Her name's Jen, just, just a wonderful, sweet lady, Filipino lady there in, in Germany. Uh, and, and she invited us home. She was so hospitable, so warm, so inviting. And it was there in her home, through television and camera, that we were able to Skype in and speak to leaders in the Czech Republic, in Poland, and in four other locations throughout Germany. And, and it wasn't until after we started talking and come to find out she's an executive in finance at BMW. Man, I gotta tell you something. I know there's no shadow of doubt in my mind. God is working through Jen and just, just her light shining in BMW in the headquarters there in Munich. God's placed her there. And, and we were recipients of just that love and hospitality. She, it was like we were meeting old friends and we were meeting her for the first time. Impacted our lives. Also, Susie spoke at another one of the churches there in Germany. They have executives there in that church for Adidas. Or they say in Germany, Adidas. Adidas. And uh, like, like several of the executives attend the church. And, and, and you know, I know even in our church, we have people incredible high levels of influence in our community, in our nation, you know, in, in governmental areas, in schools, and all over the place. God's placed you there for a purpose, to be a minister. I think it's pretty cool when you think about many other countries. See, we, we say, uh, like our, the big heads in our government, we say the secretary of education or the secretary of defense or the secretary of, you know, in most nations, they don't call it secretary, they call it the minister of education the minister of defense, the minister of agriculture. And I think that's a lot closer to the biblical perspective, that you're a minister. If you're in BMW, you're a minister to BMW. You're the unofficial chaplain wherever you are. Wherever God's placed you, you're the unofficial chaplain. You're the minister in your neighborhood, in your home, mom and dad. You're a minister. You're a minister. Little history here, and then we're done. I just want to give you a little history. It wasn't until the year 249, church history, that Cyprian, the bishop of Carthage, Carthage, he was the one who made the distinction between this whole idea of clergy and laity. And they began to rule out, these are things that clergy, the separated holy people do. And these are things that common folks do. And the church father, about a, a century after this, Augustine picked up on this and separated. This is what common folks, this is meaningless stuff that common people do. And this is the important, high-level, valuable stuff that clergy do. None of that's in the Bible, folks. None of it. In fact, it was like, uh, again, almost a year 250. That's like uh, uh, almost 150 years after the book of Revelation was written, the last book of the Bible. That was not the mindset for the first almost three centuries of the Christian church, not at all. And it's just caused more and more and more error. Most of the miracles, again, as I said in the Bible, took place outside the walls of the church. And, and many Christians think, many followers of Christ think their only purpose is just to make money and to give it to the church. Wrong. <clears throat> God's got much greater purpose for you than that. Much greater purpose for you than that. 
And so here's, here's a little chart. The Greeks, actually, philosophy, uh, they gave us a lot of stuff, but they also gave us this whole idea as well, which is what uh, uh, Cyprian, the Bishop of Carthage, picked up on Greek philosophy, not biblical at all, but it's this whole idea of the higher things of life are sacred, and that is things pertaining to spiritual, eternal, and unchanging. They're in the upper realm of God in heaven. That's where, like, clergy stuff is. And then the secular is things pertaining to the physical, temporal, or changing, the lower realm of humans on earth. That's the lower level. And so this whole idea of like clergy, like we're on a higher level than the rest of you. There's, that is not the Bible, folks. That's Greek philosophy. And so this whole idea of sacred and secular, this is not biblical at all. And so many times I've heard people like, man, I'd just be so happy if I could just come, for the, you know, come to work for the church. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't, because it's not like we just sit around, you know, praying and reading our Bible and everyone playing the guitar all the time. You you know, we work here. Ask anyone on staff. We work. I've had folks that have come to work for me before, and they're like, oh, I didn't realize this was work. I thought you were just going to give me a check for nothing. This is hard work. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of hard hours. And if you're not fulfilled and content where you are, why do you think coming to work for the church is going to be any easier? You talk about spiritual battle as well. It's hard work. It represents, it's, oh, if I could just come to work in this area, the sacred stuff, everything's just going to be like, you know, Shangri-La, Kumbaya, all the time, campfires and roasting weenies. That's not it. This is Greek messed up philosophy. Let me just show you a, a, a better view of, of really a biblical view, and, and that's this, the next slide that we have here. Church, this, this is fear. This is everything right here. And, and what Jesus Christ wants us to do is to move these things, church, school, art, home, music, drama, sports, business, law, labor, agriculture, sex, and medicine. Yes, I even said sex. God created it. It's meant to be good. Move it in harmony with God's design. Then it becomes good. It becomes good when we move these things in harmony with God's design. When we leave these things alone and we say, oh man, except for church, all the rest of this stuff, all this stuff is secular, then you know what? The world moves it in conflict to God's design and it becomes evil. It becomes evil. But these things in and of themselves are not evil. These things need to be moved into God's column. This is why we talk about coming up and connects us, doing business God's way in harmony with God's design in the workplace. Moving, not just church, school, arts, your home. When, when, when moms, single mom, when you move your home into God's design, mom and dad, parents, when you move, when you, when you, begin, to, you begin to, as a family, in your home, we're gonna live by God's design. It becomes good. Music, sacred Secular, there is no such thing. It's just music. Are we moving it in God's design good or are we allowing the world to take it? Church has just given up and surrendered on so many of these topics. It's not what God wants. Drama, sports, business, law, labor, agriculture, sex, medicine. Moving them into God's column. Doing business God's way. See, when Jesus Christ came to redeem you, to redeem you. That's why he came. In so doing, he also wants to redeem all of this. All of this. 
as we are the light of the world, as we are the salt of the earth, as we are, Ephesians 4.11, we just looked at, as we are being equipped to do works of service, moving all those things into harmony with God's design. So I want to encourage you, hang in there with this series that we're on. Begin right now just, just asking God to give you the wisdom on how to move your company into God's design. How to move your family into God's design. How to move your team into God's design. How to move your classroom into God's design. You watch what God does. That's what he wants in and through your life and mine. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for giving us just a glimpse as we start out this series today. Just a glimpse of what you want to do in and through our lives, not just on Sundays, Lord, but during the work week as well. Not just living for the weekend, but Lord, realizing we were made for Mondays. So Father, I pray you just help us by your Holy Spirit just to look higher, to allow your, your word to transform the way that we think, renew the way that we think, and to come in line, Lord, to, to bring our thoughts even into harmony with your design and begin to redeem these things around us as Jesus Christ came to redeem, uh, to redeem us and redeem our lives. Thank you, Father, that you're with us on this journey and we ask that you continue to guide us and direct us. And right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want to give an opportunity, if you've never taken that step before, of faith receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Allowing him to redeem you, to, to, to fill your life full of purpose, recognizing you were made on purpose for a purpose. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want to lead you in a prayer. And I invite you, if you've never done it before, open your heart up to him right now. Ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and he will be. Ask God to forgive you, not because you're good enough, but because Jesus came, was perfect, and he sacrificed himself for you. He took your place. And in that moment, as you open your heart up to him and ask him to be your Lord, he'll begin to transform your life. And you'll be forgiven. Just repeat after me, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them today. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I ask you to guide me, lead me, direct me from this day forward by your Holy Spirit, and I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.